0: This week, the Rural Roundup is bringing you something a little different. We spoke to six diversified farm businesses across Scotland, asking them about their journeys, the conversations they had along the way, and the decisions they had to make. This week, we are going to hear the story of Cara Cameron from Loch View Rural Training. Cara Cameron is a Welsh girl living in the Scottish Highlands with a love of the outdoors and agriculture. She has a thirst for knowledge and also loves to be able to pass on her experience to others. After her time studying agriculture at SRUC, formerly SAC, at Craveston in Aberdeen, she then went on to complete a postgrad in organic farming. Cara launched Lochview Rural Training from her own croft in Sutherland in 2021. Lochview Rural Training is situated in the beautiful Sutherland landscape a social enterprise and registered Scottish charity with the key aim to promote, organise and deliver rural learning, training and career opportunities. Cara is passionate about improving awareness, knowledge and access to the rural landscape and promoting understanding of the value of rural life to social well-being for all. Lochview Rural Training offer a range of training for anyone from seven years old all the way to adults. Callum Johnston, one of our Faz advisors and Faz TV producers, sat down with Cara to find out more about Lochview Rural Training and the amazing impact it has on the families and people who visit.
1: Well, Cara, it's great to have you on the podcast tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. Just to kick things off, I wonder if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a wee bit about the croft that you're on.
2: Hi, thanks, Callum. Um yeah, so my name is Cara Cameron and I am based on a croft up in the Northwest Highlands in a lovely township just outside Lair called Shinnas. We have it's it's a mixed croft with a variety of animals and we have Let's just think. So, we start with we have our Cheviot sheep, which we use mainly for our breeding. We then have a mixture of other breeds that we use for educational purposes. And we have Swaledales, we have Blackface, we have the Valley Blacknose, we have a Suffolk. We then have goats, we have our pedigree Shorthorn Cows, and we have a wee Free Martin Calf here as well at the moment that we use for educational purposes we have a range of poultry that uh, everyone likes to be hands-on with and then um, we also have our critically endangered large black pigs that we uh, breed in as part of our conservation project the croft itself um, it's it's very much grassland croft and uh, we, we don't really grow any arable or crops here and we the training croft extends to approximately three hectares but the overall Crofton for our main commercial business side of things, that equates to just shy of 330 hectares. So we've actually got quite a lot of mixture there. And that is divided up into grassland, rough grazing, and um, some hill ground involved in that as well.
1: Brilliant. I know that you're you're based in a, a really beautiful spot uh, up in the Highlands. I wonder, Could you give us like a visual representation or just describe the the scenery and the landscape around you?
2: Well, um, so when we look out, we are basically, we are sitting on the banks of Loch Shin, which is stunning in itself, but then we're actually surrounded by Benmore Ascent, We've also got Ben Wafers, if we look really far into the distance. Then coming in the other direction, we're coming round to Ben Klebrech as well. And then we can almost look up towards the, the hills and the mountains up towards um, Kinloch Burby area. So we can see some of the tops up that way as well. And it's just stunning. Um, And you know, to be able to look out and see, you know, the loch and to be able to see Ben and just as clear as day is just is glorious. And especially at lamming time when you're tired and you just, you know, you see the sun setting over the loch. it's it's pretty spectacular
1: so what's what's your own background into crafting Am am I right in thinking that you're not from a crafting background and you're actually from Wales originally is that right
2: Yes, Callum, it couldn't be further from what I do now. Um, so I actually I grew up on a council estate, um, in um, the heart of Cardiff, based down in Wales. So not from an agricultural background or a crofting background by any means. Um, had always been brought up around horses and um, and always had a passion for being outside. And I think that was what really sort of set me apart from being, you know, the typical sort of city girl. Was that for me? I actually I I found more pleasure spending time wandering through fields and going down and talking to farmers. And um, then when I was 18, actually, I moved abroad. And uh, that's when I then met my husband, who um, was born and raised up here in Sutherland. And after many, many discussions and. I ended up, you know, moving up north with him and, uh, and sort of 16, 17 years later, here we are. But um, it's a total contrast in life from uh, my my city background to what I now do here at uh, the training centre.
1: Totally. Must be a totally change, a big change in lifestyle um, to what what you had down in, in Wales. What does what like a typical day look like uh, up with you? What, what What do you do throughout the day?
2: Or for me, so, you know, you can't start the day better than when you're actually getting out of bed and, uh, you know, you have your cup of coffee and then the first thing you do is you head outside and, you know, it's always a case of, you know, going around, checking all the animals, making sure the animals are all fine. And I have to say, it's a bit of a chorus because it doesn't matter, you know, because everything, especially, you know, on the wee croft here, the three hectare croft, so everything is so petted. So it's, you just end up with this lovely chorus of animals all calling for breakfast and, you know, it's like, you know, which sheep, you know, fights to get. To the fence first or get to the buckets first so uh you know you spend the morning your, your first sort of hour is just you know wandering around saying good morning to everything and uh you know making sure everything's fine and doing the checks and uh, you know it's, it's wonderful it's you know you couldn't start the day better to be fair and you know I do keep telling myself even through the winter months, you know, when it is lashing down with rain and it's blowing a gale at 60 odd miles an hour winds here because we, boy, do we get the winds. But, you know, I I could not swap it now um, because for me to start the morning like that and then to be progressing as the day goes on, you know, there's always jobs to be doing here. And, you know, 16, 17 years of being on the croft, you know, we're still repairing fences, sorting gates, sorting handling systems. And so, you know, the, the jobs never, never end. But uh, you know, it's a, it's wonderful. It's a great way to be. I think it certainly helps my mental health of uh, being able to go outside and you know my well-being. So um, as much as sometimes things get stressful, it is lovely just spending time outside and just knowing the animals are around you as well. I think there's a real sort of feel-good factor about having the animals around you. So um, that's pretty much how I spend you know the majority of my day. I call it work, but um, I do enjoy being with my animals.
1: So tell us then about Loch View Rural Training. H- how did it all start?
2: So through my years of coming through the agricultural education system myself, because I was a late starter, I was 28 when I first started at um, SEC at Crabesdon. And I just realized then that, you know, that it doesn't matter what your background is, that, you know, if you have a passion for something and you want to learn something, you, you can do this. So for many years, as I've come across people of varying ages, people have, you know, I've really enjoyed sharing my knowledge that I've picked up through agriculture and crofting with other people. Then during COVID, um, I just really noticed that there was there was there was more of a call. People wanted to be outside. People wanted to be able to get a better understanding of, you know, what was local food production, for instance. You know, the environment, being outside. And that's when I decided that actually, you know, COVID was probably as much as it was a bad time for people. But actually, for me, I took it as an opportunity to start something fresh, to start something new. So I put pen to paper and I decided to write a business plan for Lockview Rural Training. And the key aim for me was that we have being in the rural highlands we have a problem with youth retention because unfortunately we lack opportunity for young people so unless people are lucky enough to be brought up on crofts or be you know brought into crofting families or to know somebody very close at hand that you know may be given up a croft there isn't really that much in the way of opportunity for young people to understand and to be learning about crofting and to be learning and understanding about local food production So I decided that I would actually use COVID as a way of actually starting to develop a project. And so that's when we looked at launching Lockview Rural Training. So put pen to paper, put the business plan together and submitted it around several agencies. And to my shock, actually, it was picked up very, very quickly. And as much as I expected it to be this, but it's a lovely business plan, but, the but actually came as being, when are you starting? So the ball started rolling very, very quickly. And so we are now 18 months old. We launched in July 21, and it, we just, we haven't stopped. It's been absolutely incredible. We're working with youth that are as young as nursery ages, right up into adults now. And just being able to provide opportunities for young people and adults and well people of all ages, if I'm honest, to be able to come to come to the croft and some do have knowledge of Crofting and local food production others don't others are complete newbies they've never had any involvement and I just feel for me that it's just it's lovely because I can appreciate what it's like to be able to gain knowledge and ask questions from somebody that is actually very happy to share that knowledge because I was that person many years ago. I didn't know anything about agriculture. I didn't know anything about crofting. So it's just really lovely for me to be able to share that opportunity back. And so this is what we've done. So we, we launched, like I say, in uh, July, 2021. And it's just been, yes, just a very fast ride since. Um, very, very enjoyable. And I'm just really, really excited to see what happens for us in 2023 now. It's just incredible.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. Excellent stuff. So what courses do you run as part of Lockview Rural Training?
2: So we run a mixture um, and nothing, it's not a one size fits all. So for instance, our genetic courses that we run, um, we have a young crofters club that we run. And this is for teenagers that are between the ages of 11 and 17. And this is a weekly club where they can come and we we literally in an informal manner, we teach them everything, whether it's grassland management, tractor maintenance, soil science, animal husbandry. We're really trying to get the youth into the routine of this is actually a full working croft. So when they're here, they're actively involved in all the day-to-day run-ins of the croft. So whether it's you know feeding the animals and like say, you know, the management of the grass, putting hay out, fencing repairs. They're actively involved and, you know, we have them, you know, they're learning new skills by making feed troughs and things. It's just it's wonderful. Then we have our junior crop club, which runs on a Saturday. Now, this is a slightly younger one. So this starts at seven year olds and again this is just it's a lovely lovely informal environment for them they come it's fun they just get hands-on with the animals and you know i have never seen children have so much fun in the poultry area it's just incredible they just love the poultry and collecting the eggs going on air cans meeting all the animals feeding the sheep so that's that's our junior crop club then we have the more formal so we are on the highland council employability framework now So we are actually offering skills for work programs. So again, it's trying to work with youth that are keen to get into the rural industries and are looking at land-based training. So we're now working with those. And again, it's very practical and very hands-on skills that they're learning here. And we're embedding into that volunteer awards, leadership awards. We are also working with SQA and to deliver rural skills as well. And that we're finding is is now proven to be very, very popular. We then also have a a range of um educational where it's the schools they come along, and the schools they will come for maybe sort of two hours each week. And again, it's just introducing you know youths into you know the role of Crofting and you know the food production side of things. Then on top of that, we've also now got our adult packages as well, and in amongst the adult packages, we do um, dry stone diking, we do fencing, we've done meatbox courses, wool courses, we've got um, needle felting that is really really popular, and everything we do is trying to be sustainable. So it's trying to show the full use of things. So for instance, the wool courses, the idea behind that is that it's that. People then understand why we're shearing the sheep, why we're you know doing what we do, and then trying to show the alternative uses. So we're actually trying to give a full cycle of activities, and again that falls into you know the meat box course, meat box courses, etc. So that way people can actually see the full cycle and they can understand that you know we're doing things you know out of not only welfare, but out of being able to provide sustainable practices.
1: Do you deliver? the majority of the courses yourself or do you get specialists in to to help you how does it work from a a practical viewpoint
2: so we have a mixture so yes i deliver i would say probably about 45% of the training but then we also have a pool of tutors as well that come in, and these are specialists in their field. So, for instance, the dry stone diking, the person that we use there, he's a master craftsman um, and is incredible at what he does. You know, he's a legend. He's, I have to put this in, he is 82 years old and drives a motorbike and is the most incredible person. Um, so, I have great admiration for him. It's just incredible what he can do at his age. He's just wonderful. Um, and again, this is something that you know again that i like is that what we're doing here is we're promoting traditional skills because our tutor is 82 so we have to be promoting that new generation because if we don't get the next generation coming forward we're going to lose these skills so so like i say so i i deliver a majority but then we do then have um you know, a band of tutors that come in and deliver for us as well.
1: And you you kind of touched on it there, you know, just, I guess, encouraging young people into, into crofting, you know, why is it so important, you know, for the future that we have the next generation young people coming into the sector? Why is that important?
2: So it is really important that we do, you know, work now to be promoting anything that is land-based Anything that is now looking at involving young people into rural skills, land based industry, because we have such a range of technology now involved in agriculture. And I think that agriculture and crofting, it's had a stigma attached to it, where in education, it's always the the use that are non-engaged or the use that are not academic and I think it's really important by what we're trying to do here is that we're trying to demonstrate that there are numerous roles within land-based institutes. so like say it could be agronomy it could be a vet you know it, the list goes on and on and on and so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to in an informal way promote these skills to young people. So if we're doing something here and we have the farrier here, for instance, I will get the farrier to be speaking to the young people. If we have an agronomist here, I will get the agronomist to be speaking to the young people. I've pulled in other People, so whether it's scanning, whether we've been dipping, the whole shebang, so, so that way young people get more exposure and that they can understand that actually this is a sector that is really important and that actually you can, whatever your academic level is, be involved and look at getting employment in the sector. I also think it's really important that we highlight the business element as well because most people are self-employed so we're business people we're running businesses we're having to you know manage our books manage accounts you know so there are so many more skills involved rather than just driving a tractor looking after the animals and this is something that i'm trying to demonstrate and i think that if we can put this back into formal education and demonstrate that actually these are really crucial roles within our economy within our rural environment and we have the young people saying actually I really enjoy doing this I think that we've got much better chance of promoting sustainable agriculture and rural skills so that is why I think it is really important and again just a final point is crofting in itself in the Highlands here, it's a heritage. It goes back, you know, I don't need to tell you when it started, you know, but people that know it's and I think that it's a valuable resource. And I think it's really important again that we can sustain crofting for the future.
1: Absolutely. Now you 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 raised a really interesting point earlier uh, and that's, you know, is a really important point around mental health uh, and well being and you said that you know you're even yourself. There's there's so many additional benefits about being out, you know, being outside with animals, being outside in the country, and you know, there's so many benefits for people other than just the the practical side. Um, so, you know, building self confidence. It could be you know supporting people with anxiety or depression, and, you know, really supporting people with mental with their mental health. H- have you got any examples where you've seen people? really benefit from being outside in a farm uh, or croft environment
2: i can hand on heart say everybody that comes here whether they actually realize it or not has normally arrived here with some level of anxiety or will have some sort of mental health issue going on in their lives and when people leave here you can just tell that they feel lighter in themselves, and that that sounds a little bit wishy-washy, but being around the animals and being able to touch the smell and the way the animals interact, and I find that especially youths, when we're working with youths, um, and you know, and like I say, you know, I do genuinely feel that everybody that comes here feels the benefit in terms of their health and well-being when they leave. But, you know, we've got youths that will go and they'll maybe not talk with adults, they'll maybe not talk with, you know, other individuals, but they'll be doing something with animals and they'll strike up a conversation. And it's incredible what they will actually openly come out with. And you know, we don't interfere in those conversations, we let those conversations flow. And, you know, but it's incredible how you can see the difference in a young person, especially if a young person does have severe mental health issues. And when they're then, you know, spending time with an animal communicating with an animal, and you'll see them, they just, they start smiling. And, you know, and it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm just going to tell you very quickly a wee story about. Um, we had a girl that came here who uh, was nonverbal and she she suffers um, with autism, mental health, anxiety, and you know quite a few other ranges of um, disability. Um, and she was she was here with her other siblings, and we had the piglets, and uh, the piglets are about three weeks old at the time that our large black piglets, and. So she's coming around the croft and she's meeting all the animals. And, you know, we'd, we'd been t- asked not to treat her any differently to anybody else, even though she was nonverbal. So we're just having conversations with her. And she started making wee noises and, you know, and it was just, and, and she's 12. So she's, she's not, you know, a toddler, she's, she's 12 years old and we're we're going about the croft and she's meeting all the animals anyway we get to the piglets next so she's down on her knees and she's playing with these piglets and then as clear as day out of nowhere she suddenly asked could she take one home for her grandfather and that was one of the most emotional moments I have ever had here on the croft and her mum just looked at me and I just Had to just continue, and I said, "Oh no, of course you can't take one home. You know what? What's Mama Pig going to say if you take one of her piglets away?" And we tried to treat it as if you know she'd had conversation the whole visit that she'd been here, but it was just absolutely incredible, and I think that just highlights the power of animals. That this young person had trauma in her life, had not spoken, had been non-verbal for nearly seven years, but suddenly been in a situation sitting playing with piglets found the power of speech. And that was just absolutely incredible. And, you know, her mum messaged me later that evening saying that she drove home crying because it was just incredible for her. She just couldn't get over that whole situation of the fact that she'd heard her daughter talk. And, you know, and that is just something for me. And I just think that it's it's those wee snippets for me that just, you know, it's not just about us demonstrating roles within land-based industry, getting children into, you know, thinking about career sectors. and But it's, it's about the wider aspect of being outside and, like, say, and the power that, you know, being around these animals can do for people.
1: Yeah, that's a lovely story. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, it's it must just be incredible to to see, to sort of see people come into the farm, develop on the farm and, and, and then leave, you know, as almost a new person um you know do you ever get people do you ever get i I guess alumni uh, if i can call that that maybe have have come done training or or, or courses and then they perhaps come back and sort of share their stories does does that happen as well or not
2: um what we tend to have is that we have people that come for experiences and then end up coming back as volunteers Because once they come, they really, they like what we do. And, you know, and we've been very fortunate that, you know, we now have even volun you know, people that came as experiences, then came back as volunteers. And actually now we've taken them on as members of staff. And it's just lovely, again, that, you know, we've nurtured these people in the very short period of time that we've been launched, you know, it's just 18 months. But we are at that point where, you know, we've got people have come, they love what we do, you know what we do, how we deliver things. They love that informal aspect. They love the fact that, you know, I'm very relaxed around all the livestock, and and that is then highlighted back in the way that the livestock react to all the people that come here, because there's no fear, and you know, and that again then, you know, that means that then people have no fear. So we're developing confidence with these, you know, whether it's like young people, whether it's adults. And the fact that they then get in touch with us and say, you know, can I come and volunteer? They come up on and now, like, say, you know, we've now got two members of staff um, that, you know, literally came as, you know, wanting to know what we did here and you know that's just you know really really nice and and now it's that they're now learning so it's almost like an ongoing mentoring because you know we're now mentoring these people so as much as their staff we're mentoring them but they're now then you know helping others so what we're hoping is that we've got this like chain of sustainability because we're constantly almost like growing our own volunteers into staff and and then, you know, we've got just lovely working relationships with the animals, with the people. So it's just, it's, it's wonderful just to see that whole connection.
1: You are obviously a, an advocate for careers in, in crofting. So I wonder, if, what advice would you give to, to new entrants or it could be those who may be thinking about a career in, it could be crofting or agriculture more widely. What advice would you give them?
2: if you have an interest i really feel that you should actually just put yourself forward i remember at the time when i started at sec and i was interviewed for a very famous agricultural program within scotland and they actually at the time asked me why i was doing what i was doing because they said i was swimming against the tide because everything to do with agriculture was very negative people you know said that there was you know sort of no purpose to agriculture and i was swimming against the tide and i just think that all those years later it's coming on for 20 years and i just think that you know it's living proof that actually if you do something that you enjoy there is a future in it and and i just think to anybody that has a passion or has a keen interest I just think, just do it, because if you don't do it, you'll never find out. And I just feel, again, is that there's so much support out there, Um, you know, between, you know, the fast mentoring schemes and all the various fast TV or the podcasts, There's numerous, numerous packages out there for support. And so I would just say, don't be shy. Go do it. And, you know, like I say, plenty of support out there if you really feel that, you uh, You're struggling or that it's maybe not quite going to plan because at the end of the day things don't always go to plan but again that is the value in what we do is that i think that as crofters as farmers as agri anybody in agriculture we're resilient and i think that that is really important that we can actually show that and demonstrate resilience in everything that we do because we still have to get up every morning and go out and check our animals feed our animals and like i say at the start of this I wouldn't change my day.
1: That's great advice. Great advice, Cara. So finally, just to, to round things off, what what's what's next for Loch view Rural Training and how can people find out more? Are you on social media and and do you have a website?
2: Yes, so we're on all the social media channels, so whether it's Facebook, Instagram, I think we even have a LinkedIn page. I'm not very good at it, but I think we do. Um, We also have our website, which is www.lockviewruraltraining.co.uk. In terms of what's next, it's just continued expansion. Um, It's been 18 months and 18 months very fast paced. We are now looking at also going into horticulture. So we have a polytunnel being erected for next spring, where we're looking at being able to do um, much more around horticulture and growing projects. So we're expanding our range of um, service delivery that we can provide. And again, what we're hoping is that um, we can be demonstrating sustainability be it around composting, seed saving, and looking at you know various varieties that actually will grow well in the climate that we have here in Sutherland.
1: Excellent, lots of lots of exciting things to come um, coming up in the new year. So yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much, uh, Cara. Just just to round off uh, in today's podcast. Thank you, you know, so much for for taking the time out. Um, we're actually recording tonight, so uh, so thank you for taking time out tonight in your evening um, to record with us. Um, Lawful rural training, it's it's amazing, and it's and it's great to. To hear how you know you're really supporting people um, within agriculture, within crofting, uh, specifically young people, uh, and and bringing young people uh, into the into the um, the industry promoting skills and keeping links with you know heritage and culture in in crofting so it's it's brilliant to hear i think it's also worth saying at this point that uh, if you would like to see cara uh, you can head over to fast tv and um, cara featured in season one uh, episode 10 of fast tv so you can check that out on our fast youtube channel it's also worth just saying if you are interested in any other crofting shows you can Um, head over to our our other uh, podcast channel, Crofting Matters. Uh, There's lots uh, to listen to there. Um, So yeah, thank you once again, Cara, for joining us tonight.
2: It's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for having me on.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this bonus episode of the Rural Roundup. You can find out more about the businesses and the people featured through the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this story, please share it with others that you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel to get our regular fortnightly episodes as soon as they're released.
2: The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.